0: Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman. Our next guest joining us is Valerie Sussman, legal counsel for philanthropy and nonprofit sector with Herwood and Associates. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs.
1: Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me today.
0: Hey, it's a pleasure to see you again. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your firm and uh, what Herwood and Associates does and where you guys focus?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, um, Herwood and Associates, we have kind of a long, a long history of serving all types of nonprofit organizations, and our founder Jeff Herwood, he actually worked at the attorney general's office in Massachusetts. So he has this background it's sort of from the regulatory perspective, as well as in his work um, for a nonprofit organization. So he's sort of seen the sector from both sides and we kind of use that to inform our practice. You know, we really think about the needs of nonprofits, all of the regulatory needs that they may have. Um, you know, we also think about their areas of growth. So things like mission shift, um, you know, what they want to do in the future, as well as of course, all of the nonprofit startup as well as dissolution items, um, so we handle basically a, a really wide array of nonprofit matters.
0: So nonprofits represent a, a huge segment of the marketplace. Uh, I, I think we sort of lose sight of that, um, you know, in the in the grand scheme. Uh, And, um, you know, obviously in difficult economies, you know, our attention turns a little bit towards nonprofits and they come in all shapes and sizes. And you guys work with uh, groups that are uh, from uh, conception, you know, beginning of formation uh, all the way up through large established uh, nonprofits. So tell us, um, if you will, inform our listeners for those people that are sitting out there saying, I got a great idea. Um, what's, what's sort of the, the genesis of uh, developing an idea and working on and, and making a decision to i guess establish a nonprofit um, what what where where does it start for that you know person who has a thought
1: absolutely that's that's such a great um, question so you know a lot of it has to do with thinking about the mission so that would be sort of first and foremost you know what are you trying to do and who are you trying to help so once you have that in place you know and we can definitely work through ideas there um, you know it's also thinking about certain factors that will affect the legal formation. So for example, you know, do you want to sit, assist individuals abroad or your, is your activity going to be focused solely in the US? Or you know, are you going to be primarily a grant making organization sort of giving to other charities that are in existence? Or are you going to be doing a lot of programs yourself and have sort of the structure and groundwork to do that? Um, And then lastly, you know, one really important initial item is just thinking about that board of directors, sort of, you know, who can you pick and what are their different skill sets. So we try to talk through all the various, you know, governance issues that arise at the beginning of an organization's life. But the main goal is to really help you figure out, you know, what's going to be the most time efficient, you know, tax advantageous way to make the impact that you want to make.
0: So are there different, uh, you, you mentioned um, structures, are there different structures for nonprofits, uh, you know, depending on, on, as you said, are they a organization that's going to be providing funding to others or are they going to be delivering goods and services of, of their own? Is that, is that a distinction that, that how the organization is structured based on that?
1: Yeah, well, there are different types of ways to organize these. So some of it has to do with governance and some of it has to do with, you know, more of the mission and structure. So in terms of types of organizations, you know, some some folks prefer to form a public charity. Those can be a little bit more tax advantageous from a donor perspective in terms of, you know, deductibility. Um, uh, And so that really goes to, you know, what is the mission of the organization? Is the board of directors representative of the general public? And we also talk about something called the public support test. Um, which organizations may have to meet over a period of time. So we kind of go over all the different options. You know, public charity is one option. Certainly some individuals may choose to form a private foundation, um, especially if they want to keep the mission a little bit more close to home and perhaps family focused. Perhaps they want to have a family centered board of directors to really make sure they maintain a certain level of, of control over the organization. So all of those factors are what we take into account when we decide the entity type with a client.
0: So um, you know, and I, I, I hope this is a, a reasonable question, but you know, what what do we see in this country? Because we are, we've obviously heard over the last couple of years with the pandemic that there's been a lot of wealth creation, um, a lot of families that have uh, you know uh, very wealthy individuals who have created even greater wealth. Are we seeing a uh, an increase in establishing foundations, and um, is there is there a whole ecosystem of sorts that exists that that realm of the market where people say, you know, they reach out to their peers and say, hey, you guys have a family foundation. What are, I want to do the same. I want to do good. Um, are, are, do, how, how does that world sort of operate? And what do we, uh, as, as people that are not in, engaged in it, what do, what do we need to know about how that happens?
1: Absolutely. Well, at least in my own individual practice, I've definitely seen an increase in clients coming to us with some ideas, perhaps their friends, um, you know, have formed a foundation and they wanna do something similar. We actually just had a client who, who thought about, um, there was a, tr- a sports tournament that that a friend of theirs was running as a charitable organization and they decided, you know, they wanted to do something in honor of their family member who had passed away to do similar types of work. So, um, yeah, we definitely see that trend, you know, individuals seeing others doing good in the world coming to us and saying, hey, what can we do here? You know, is it wise to form a nonprofit organization or to keep running this organization in a different way? Um, So we definitely see that a lot. And I would say even with the COVID impact, you know, we originally thought perhaps, you know, people would be less charitably inclined, you know, obviously certain, certain folks are suffering in terms of, you know, what's going on in their families and around the world and potentially, you know, with their income as well. But we have noticed, um, you know, at least in our sector, there's been sort of an increased desire to give charitably. And we've had to, you know, sort of help folks kind of think about that mission and what they can do right now to make a positive impact in the world.
0: It's interesting you mentioned that because uh, one of the things that I see often are sort of these uh, feel-good news stories. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, the tragedy part typically isn't a feel good, but uh, what families do after suffering some sort of tragedy. Um, And it seems to me that it's quite uh, commonplace today to have, you know, a GoFundMe, uh, you know, initiative that starts after some sort of tragedy. Um, And and I, I would say, and I'm not a huge consumer of television news, but almost every time I tune in, I see one of these feel good stories of, of, you know, the family took tragedy and created a GoFundMe page. And next thing you know, they have a foundation that's set up. Is that um, something that, that, uh, that you're seeing more of because there are vehicles to be able to accelerate funding and to, to raise funds for these things? And, and I guess the, the second part of that question is, are those people that typically do their homework first or they jump in and then, you know, figure out after the fact and does that create complication?
1: Also great questions. Um, yes, we definitely do find, you know, um, especially with GoFundMe, you're not really getting the benefits, you know, potential tax benefits that you could get with a charitable organization. So, um, you know, certainly there are people who start with GoFundMe and then say, wait a minute, we could be doing this differently. This, this project is sort of really growing people are really interested um, in, in making contributions so then they sort of you know might come to us and say okay you know how do how do we do this what are other people doing and you know in addition to the foundation trend you know definitely there are folks who want to use a donor advised fund that's become sort of an increasingly popular way of um giving charitably you know we sort of advise them about the advantages and disadvantages of that um but sort of to go to your second question i do feel people are really doing their research um you know so our clients usually do come to us, you know, the internet is full of information about charitable organizations and, uh, you know, sometimes that can be great and they learn a lot and they come to us very well informed. Other times perhaps, you know, they've drafted some documents, they need a little assistance because perhaps, you know, they filed something before the IRS through, you know, a certain legal service and maybe, you know, there are sort of of edits that have to be made before the IRS will accept that. So then they come to our help sort of further down in the process. so basically, you know, it's it's totally fine to come to an attorney with no idea of what you want to do, but it's also fine to do some research. And it's always great when clients are well informed.
0: It, it, it you know, just following up on that theme, it just it, it it's mind-boggling to me how people in the midst of grief can figure out how to set up a GoFundMe page and raise, you know, tr- tons of money. And and I don't know how they navigated through what their organization is actually going to do, other than you know taking something tragic and turning it into something positive. So I, I would imagine in those cases they would be um, uh, well advised to sort of do things correctly from from not only a tax advantage perspective, but uh, there's a lot of compliance in the nonprofit world. Uh, correct? There's a lot of government oversight okay. and um, absolutely. Things- so
1: yeah, you do have those ongoing um, you know tax filings, and at least in Massachusetts, you also have some attorney general oversight over charities, um, which a lot of folks aren't aware of. So you know one of the great things about her is we also have. Um, a lot of expertise with the other attorneys and paralegals and keeping those ongoing filings maintained. So a lot of our clients will come to us, sort of leave it in our hands to kind of, you know, keep things going past the initial formation, make sure they're meeting all their deadlines so that, you know, especially if they've gone through a, a terrible situation or dealing with grief, they don't have to also be concerned, you know, with making sure that all of these ongoing compliance and filing requirements are met.
0: In, in a um, sort of uh, macro question, I guess, do you see uh, in your practice um, sort of the trends that exist in traditional industries with nonprofits where there's a lot of uh, mergers, uh, c- consolidation of organizations? And is that a very different and complicated uh, affair within the nonprofit realm?
1: That's also a great question. Yes. Yeah, so we do we do handle quite a number of mergers or, or reorganizations. They're not always. You know, formalized as a merger. Um, but definitely, we have seen a lot more of that since the COVID pandemic. I think a lot of smaller organizations are sort of rethinking their fundraising and thinking about, well, maybe you know, if we partnered with a larger organization, they could help us fundraise. They could, you know, align with our missions so that we would be stronger together. So, you know, we have seen a lot of that. I would say, you know, especially more in twenty twenty. I think in twenty twenty one. Not as much, um, but I, I wouldn't say that's over. I would say a lot of organizations are really thinking about that, especially as the pandemic lasts a little bit longer than perhaps people originally anticipated.
0: Excellent. Our guest has been Valerie Suthman, Legal counsel for Philanthropy in the nonprofit sector with Herwood & Associates. If people want to get in touch with you, want to talk to you a little bit more about either an idea they have or uh, about their, their nonprofit uh, uh, formation, uh, ongoing operations, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Sure. Happy to have anyone reach out. So um, my email at Herwood and Associates, it's V Sussman. So just my first initial and then S-U-S-S-M-A-N at herwittassociates.com.
0: Our guest again has been Valerie Sussman of Herwood Associates. It's been a pleasure having you on Radio Entrepreneurs.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And we'll be right
1: back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.